Hello everyone, my name is Tari and this is Pop Academia. Welcome back and thank you for listening to the second episode. This episode is going to be a bit different than what I had originally planned, both because the topic I had originally planned was completely, completely different and because this is going to be an unscripted episode, which is not what I did last time and not what I intend to do in the future. In fact, as you will have guessed from the title, this episode is instead about queer baiting versus intent and the difference that I draw between the two themes. And the reason why I decided to talk about this, even though it wasn't in the plans, is because of something that has recently happened and that if you're on Tumblr, you will have seen. Um, and it's a completely whimsical reason. But before we get to that whimsical reason, and before we get to what I think about queer baiting, let's explain very quickly what queer baiting is. Now, obviously, if you're following me and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know what queer baiting is. But just in the off chance that you do not know what that means, let me just quickly read you off a description of what queer baiting means out of our favorite website of all time. Of course, that is Wikipedia. So according to Wikipedia, queer baiting is the incorporation of apparently gay characters or same-sex relationships into film, television show, etc. as a means of appealing to gay and bisexual audiences while maintaining ambiguity about the character's sexuality. This is the example that Wikipedia gives. The movie allowed the audience to imagine a romantic relationship between Holmes and Watson and the fans decided it was guilty of queer baiting. First of all, I completely love this example. I also was very much a fan of Sherlock in the good old days because I thought it was queer baiting. And potentially still is. I'm not sure Jury's out on that one because I've not seen Sherlock in way too long. And to be honest, I have no intention of watching it ever again. So there's that. But that's also completely beyond the point. Now, let's get into it. So what is it that happened that drove me to record this? Well, apparently in the latest Teen Wolf movie, which is already a sentence that is weird to say in 2023, But in the Teen Wolf movie that has recently come out, Starek was hinted at and then our best friend Derek Hale was sent to super hell. What does that mean? Um, How to explain that to a person who wasn't chronically on Tumblr for the past three years? Well, the term super hell comes from the supernatural fandom, which coined this term to describe what had happened to Castiel, the angel after he had confessed his love for Dean Winchester, the main character of Supernatural, he got immediately killed, and that's where the joke began. It got sent to super hell. Now, why am I mentioning these two things? Well, I'm mentioning Starek and I'm mentioning Destiel because both of them are have been highly discussed when discussing queer baiting in completely different um ways, in completely different extents, but those are two sort of the 
jumping grounds upon which I'd like to explore more this term of queerbaiting. And essentially what is my main issue with how a lot of fans these days are interpreting queerbaiting or what a lot of fans describe or define as queerbaiting, which I don't necessarily believe to be queerbaiting. So during this episode, I will discuss certain ships, um, that is fandom relationships, that I believe are good examples of what I mean when I say how we discuss queerbait. Um, and before I get further into it, I will say I owe a huge sort of thanks on the way that I see queerbaiting to my favorite podcast from the past three years. The podcast called Bait, a queerbaiting podcast. Um, great podcast, super funny, super in just interesting but the greatest thing that he gave me is this idea of is it really queer baiting until the show is ended obviously they mean it in a very funny way because Bastille has always been queer baiting until it wasn't but in my opinion it's a really good way of describing what I think is the issues with sort of defining everything we see as queer baiting I said I was going to mention some ships the ships that I'm going to mention are Dastiel, Starek, just because it's the most recent thing that has happened. Buddy from number one. And also, I'm going to talk about Tom Gregg a little bit too. Um, what the fuck am I talking about? You may ask yourself. <laughs> so, Dacio is a ship of Dean and Castiel from the TV show Supernatural. Starek is Styles and Derek from Team Wolf. Huge disclaimer to make here. I recognize that there's a huge age gap between Styles and Derek that is completely problematic and Stark would have never been a thing in 2023 I would hope so but show came out I think 10 years ago and I was maybe 13 so I'll talk about it I don't condone it but at some part of my life I did enjoy it and I did think it was queer bait so there's that then we have Buddy from 911 so that's Buck and Eddie from the Fox show 911 by the way if you're interested in hearing more of my opinions about the show 911 please go and listen to my very first episode of the podcast, which is the one where I talk about 911 much more in depth and much more seriously as well, I think. Um, and then Tom Gregg, which is Tom and Gregg from the TV show Succession. Amazing TV show, would recommend watching if you haven't already. <clears throat> and then another disclaimer, I love making disclaimers. Um, this episode is very silly whimsical do not take it too seriously. I would love to have conversations about that for sure, but I don't want anyone... Well, I'm hoping that my opinions don't offend anyone because that's absolutely not the intention. And yes, just putting that out there, please take it with a pinch of salt, basically in the sense that this time we're not discussing anything of immense importance in the grand scheme of things because once we've established which we are going to establish right in this very second that queer baiting is a very homophobic practice so that's out of the way so that's been established that's what i think about it um it's fun if you're in the lgbt community if you're in the queer community and you have other ways of expressing that it's fun to explore queer baited ships uh, but I do think overall long term it is harmful 
the whimsical part of it is that I'm going to get really in-depth in the fandom dynamics of shaping versus intent versus what the other author wanted and versus what the audience actually gathered from that. And what's amazing is that I still haven't started, but we're going to get into it right now. So what is the main issue that I find? Well, the problem that I find is that a lot of times people yell queer bait when I think it's actually the intent of the show to show relationship develop in a very certain in a very specific way I should mention another couple that couple there's a quote-unquote couple there that I would be referencing to is Silver Flint from Black Sails and I think there's a huge difference between couples who are actually queer baiting and instead those who are written in a certain way from the author's because they have very specific intention on how they want the story to develop. So between all of the ones that I mentioned, the biggest difference I would say would be between Destiel, for instance, and Silver Flint. Very different source materials, of course. Silver Flint lives in the Black Sails universe, incredibly well written, amazing show, revelation of the year from last year. Thank you, Bug. A little shout out if you're listening for recommending me the show. And Supernatural, we... Well, even if you have not watched Supernatural, you probably have heard of it. And it's not good, per se. I enjoy it, but of course I have to recognize that it's not the most amazing TV show to ever grace the earth. But I will say those are a really good example to show what I mean when I say that there's a huge difference between actual queer baiting and intent from the author. Dastiel was a straight up queer baiting ship. Um, there's not a way to put it. It was used for merch. It was used for profit. The only purpose of that was to attract these audiences that the authors fundamentally hated um, and sort of get them to watch this CW show that was always going to go against them, that was always going to hate hate them. And the aftermath of Supernatural was all the cons and what the actors talked about. And it was very clear that they were never actually going to acknowledge the queerness of the story, which, by the way, it's a queerness that they chose to put in the story. Supernatural ends with Castiel, who lives in a man's body, confessing his love for Dean Winchester, another man. So, obviously, this is a pretty homosexual behavior to me. But instead, the authors just decided to completely not acknowledge it, leave it quite open to interpretation so that they could appeal both to their queer audiences and to their more beloved audiences, which were the... American conservative audience that they had been trying to sort of attract since the very beginning. So that is queer baiting that is clear to me. But then on the other hand, we have Silver Flint. Silver Flint, as I said, lives in a very different context. Black Sail doesn't shy away from talking about the queer experience. In fact, Huge spoiler now, so please, if you haven't watched Black Sails, please keep ahead for a little bit. In fact, we know from season two that 
Captain James Flint is sort of driven not by shame as a lot of queer stories are driven by but by love and love for another man so this this queerness is intrinsic to his story but it is not a normal sort of coming out story it's it's beautifully written it's beautifully done and with silver and flint there is an issue there in the sense of well it's never made canon in the way that she would make it canon but it's interesting and there's clearly something and the authors have talked about this um now i will say in everyone's defense i don't think anyone that i like who's watched black sales would ever consider it black would ever consider it queer bait but there is the point to be made of why didn't they make it canon they could have made it canon oh my god it's queer baiting because they have all these scenes together blah 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 but that's not queer baiting because that's how the show was written the show was written to leave it sort of open but not open because they like the ambiguity open because that's how the story has to end that's the story that's the narrative that they've built and there's another way to sort of portrayed other than these two men silver and flint definitely loved each other there was definitely something there but we're not going to explore it because it wouldn't be a disservice to the story and to the character to make it obvious now obviously the conversation switches depending on what kind of media you are watching if it's something like supernatural and if it's something like teen wolf you're not expecting great quality television. You're just simply not. Um, and what's funny about Teen Wolf, in case someone hasn't heard about that, is that the way that they made it not canon. By the way, it's not canon. Staric isn't canon. Um, you've heard it here, folks. Um, the way that they've sort of alluded to it, hinted at it, was the most vague possible way there's a car involved and Sal's not there because Dylan O'Brien can do better with his life. And, I, and I'm very glad he found a better agent. But the thing about Steric and Tim Wolf is that I believe they were trying very, very hard to sort of do the supernatural thing. You know, create that supernatural effect of oh, we're gonna bring it back and we're gonna drive you into nostalgia and you're gonna wanna watch Teen Wolf again I guess or whatever show Jeff Davis is promoting next I'm pretty sure the Teen Wolf movie is a huge promo for for that show um that he's that's coming out what I find really interesting there is that the queer baiting there is strange from what I remember on Teen Wolf way back in the day Teen Wolf queer baited a lot and it had an audience on of mostly teens um and it was an audience that was very into the online communities and very into some fictions and all of that and they knew that um because they tried very hard to sort of swear away from steric at some point they introduced some gay characters but that couple never sort of actually happened because they wanted to queer bait because it was very very much the reason why a lot of people, me included, started watching it. Obviously, Lydia and Allison as well, but the queer bait there was not as highlighted as it was for for Steric. But 
and and that's so fun and dandy and i think that's absolutely fair to call out these media forms that absolutely rely heavily on queer bait but then there's other things other shows i've mentioned black sales but body is an example of that and tom greg is an example of that where a lot of fandom culture um, has decided that this is queer bait and this is what we're gonna call it and we're gonna be upset about it and you know we're gonna say all these things and my completely hot take is that that's just not queer baiting at all that's just having to trust an author to be really good at what they do and actually trust them that they know what they're doing with their characters and just sort of see how it fleshes out. I'll start off with Buddy because Buddy, I think, is a very interesting phenomenon in the queer baiting world. Buddy, as I said, is Buck and Eddie from the TV show 911. 911, um, I've mentioned this in my previous episode, has a lot of flaws. It's a propaganda show, it's a diversity propaganda show, and obviously I have quite a few issues with that, but that's not what we're going to focus on today, because essentially there is something that has to be said, which is that 911 is fine with gay people, <laughs> like, <laughs> like supernatural, 911 is incredibly fine with gay people. And so it is interesting to me to... And, and by the way, sorry, just a quick, quick note on that. Please don't make, don't take these as me saying that 911 is better politically than Supernatural. I think both of them have their flaws. We're talking specifically about fandom culture here today. Because what's interesting to me is that we're calling it queer bait. But essentially, it's, when I saw the show I thought this is not queer bait this is just how they're choosing to write the characters I think there's a huge difference there in between queer baiting and choosing to write the characters and because Bug and Eddie are very much close friends there's a deep love there a deep connection there that's undeniable there's jokes made about them and whether you know oh Buck you have a new boyfriend referring to Eddie and all of these but the main point of the show is clearly Buck's journey through self-discovery. If that self-discovery ends up being him realizing that he can love a man, then that will be absolutely brilliant. But I think we just have to wait and see how the show works for that to, to be decided. And I think that's very important as well because... There is a difference between shows that are clearly targeted towards teens or young adults who are primarily into shipping. And and, and to be fair, that is supernatural. There's your Team Wolf, um, those sort of shows. But then there's also shows that have a massive audience. And their audience is quite well studied it's quite well chosen it's quite well targeted and it's unfair to these products because of course um i work in advertising so to me everything's a product unfortunately that's how it's um, really badly reward my brain it's unfair for these products to sort of only be seen as queer baiting because you're shipped 
doesn't become canon when you want it to. We have so much amazing, positive, queer-friendly media out there right now. Like, for example, Heartstopper. And that has its own right to exist and it exists for its own specific purpose. We cannot expect every media that has queer people to have the sort of same linear journey because that doesn't belong to every story that may not be the story that they want to write from Buck and Eddie and there may not be the story and it is I, I would in fact be quite confident saying that it's not the story that they want to write for Tom and Greg I think that describing Tom and Greg from Succession as queer bait is bonkers to be honest And I'll get a bit more in detail on that too. We can't boil down every queer interaction to queer bait just because we don't like the way that the show is going or because we wish things were moving faster or because we just wish the show was queer in the way that we want it to be queer. Look, as much as the next person, I like shipping and like fandoms and like reading fan fictions and like making EMVs and all of that I just feel like there's a difference that we have to admit to between just acknowledging that something is not being written the way we want it and something being actively harmful I think that's where it boils down to me to to me because queer baiting is actively harmful. We've seen it with Supernatural. Again, we can make fun of it as 25, 24-year-olds who actually have queer communities to go to and whatnot. But it's not okay for actors to sort of say, no, they were never in love. You're crazy. You shouldn't do blah, blah, blah. Because obviously to them, it's offensive that you would even sort of dignify that opinion, right? And so... There's a danger there that we'll describe anything we don't like, anything that is represented as something, as a practice that is effectively harmful. Tom Gregg is, lives in the context of a absolutely incredible TV show because succession is an incredible environment where you're driven to consider these people are bad people I know that but let me still engage with them I'm still interested why am I still it just drives you to have fun first of all enjoy good writing and also just sort of ask yourself what what excuse am I making for these characters when I know are horrible people and also how horrible are, are these people actually so to me understanding Tom Gregg as queer baiting means completely missing the point of the show the show doesn't attract you because you think there may be a gay couple and if it does you will be incredibly disappointed the show should attract you because it talks about a real social class which is hyper rich nepotism babies that have everything handed to them that believe they're self-made because their parents were self-made and they are eating up society and its wealth that's why the should have to it if you watch it because of tom greg i think you're just gonna get disappointed if you're watching black sale for silver flint i think you're gonna get disappointed 
and being disappointed can't equal accusing the show of being actively harmful, which is, as I said, what queerbaiting is to me. I feel like maybe I'm being too dramatic on the queerbaiting side. I just want to say that I personally have fun with queerbaiting ships. I just, at this point of my life, I think they're, it's funny to watch Supernatural and be like, how do you still deny that this is happening? It's fun to reminisce on Teen Wolf and be like, oh, they really like try to do the queerbaiting there. Those things are fun. But I still think there is a necessity to create and to actually turn our head towards queer content that isn't demonizing you essentially and and I also think we have to sort of understand that there's different types of queer media there's your teen rom-com which was hard stoppers there's more serious stuff like pose which shows you to a different a, a whole other side of the community you can sort of mash them all together if there's a and then also there's the stuff where it's still not being said if it's queer or not. But for example, 911 has a lot of gay characters. They're not the main sort of focus of the fandom, which is bizarre. And that's something we should all really, really think about inside our heads and focus on. It's why instead of focusing on the actual two lesbian characters that are canon and they love each other, we're all shouting queer baiting for Buck and Eddie. Consider, like you know discuss that within yourself ask yourself questions give yourself answers sort of situation um, and I don't want to sound bitter because I obviously enjoy messaging my friends be like oh my god this scene was so blah 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 it's leading me on but there has to be an understanding that the show hasn't ended yet we don't know where it's gonna go and sincerely speaking it's not doing what queer baiting is meant to be doing, which is attracting you into something and gaslighting into thinking that that thing isn't there. For example, I think during the summer of Stranger Things, there were some, oh my god, Stranger Things is queer baiting, blah blah, and it's like, but it really is not actually because there's another big difference that we have to draw between what we think is queer baiting and just deciding we enjoy a ship that is absolutely not addressing the show. That's super fun too. You can do that. You should do that actually. It's encouraged. Stranger Things Teddy wasn't queer baiting. It was just something we could have seen from the and, and, and the character of Eddie, you know, you can interpret him as you want and that's something you should do I personally see Eddie the way that I want to see him which is as a queer character in the 80s in, in a show about people in the 80s but is it queer baiting no it's something fun that you could interpret that way for yourself if you want to but there is no malicious intent from the authors to draw you into something and then gaslighting into thinking that they didn't do that I, I can ship whoever I want to ship it doesn't have to be acknowledged by the authors for me to feel validated at this point because I know that it's something that I do to engage with the fandom community and it's something fun that I enjoy that I find to be a creative outlet but if there's no harmful intent behind it and and by harmful intent I should probably have specified earlier I meant there is no merchandising profit harmful intent in it then 
I don't think we're in front of case of queerbaiting. You know? I think we're just in front of a case of... Huh. I see those two characters. They're like dolls to me. And I'll make them do whatever I want. And that's sort of my opinion on it. And even if we're not really discussing Eddie or Sadie and we're instead looking at Wheel, for example, I still don't think that was queerbaiting in the sense that he ended up being gay, didn't he? So, like, we can have our discussions on whether we like the way that he was handled, whether we don't like the way that he was handled, but we should have just waited for the show to run its course in that specific storyline and sort of provide that um, explanation for itself just give it time to explain itself again we can have a discussion on whether or not we like how it was handled but I don't think that it's queer baiting um, because it's to me it was kind of like oh yeah like they are doing this he is like Will is in love with Mike that's pretty obvious to me like you, you you don't need any other context clues other than these because this is how they would show any other teen couple coming to terms with their own feelings plus they handle the conversation with Jonathan and Will well I'm not gonna get too much into detail with that but yeah especially because the actors weren't shying away from saying yeah Will is gay or the authors weren't doing that either so there isn't like that um intense desire to distance yourself from the queer community as much as possible which is evident in other queer baiting instances too to sort of close on this topic i don't think this is a very well i don't think anyone's gonna learn anything from this necessarily i wanted this to be more of a chatty episode more of like conversation sort of style episode because I was just incredibly amused by the news of Steric. And I just got reminded of what good queerbaiting is. It's that. It's you have a movie that it's gonna flop. And you're gonna create some sort of vague thing to sort of reminisce about this thing that was once a thing. And then it's gonna draw some fans in through nostalgia probably. And you want that because you're promoting your next show. I just that's really fucking funny to me but yes i think that will be all for this really strange episode i think this is more of like an interlude to be honest um i'm preparing the next episode which is going to be about the myth of the social media intern and how that plays out into advertising literacy so keep an eye out on that one currently working on it it will be scripted (laughs) because it's a very serious topic and i think i'm gonna lose um, the thread of my thoughts there so yeah we're gonna I know sort of it's it's strange to say what normal is because there's only two episodes out and they've been different from each other but we're gonna go back to normal next time but I still hope you've enjoyed this conversation please let me know what you think and you can find me as always only solely on tumblr at tarizmp3 that is t-o-r-i-z mp3 like the number three yes i hope you've enjoyed this i hope you've had a good week and a good first month of the year let me know if there's any other couples that are sort of 
seen as queer bait, but they're not really queer bait, in your opinion, or if you think I'm just completely way over my head, and yeah, just, you know, interact, let me know your thoughts, okay, goodbye!